Welcome to our Panini. This is Saratova Beth. Uh, we are in Parsha's Pinchas, and we are discussing the question of if I am going to make the land of Israel right where I am, right here, right now, in this place where I am in the world, I, my whole job in life, as we discussed yesterday, is to take an unholy place, an unrectified place, and make it into a rectified place. Whether it's the city I live in, the neighborhood, the community, or even the spot, the park bench that I'm sitting on in the park for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter how long I am in any particular place. I am sent to each and every place always for the same reason, which is what? Called Machta Eretzitral. As we reviewed yesterday, that a, a Jew went to the Semachtetic and said, I want to move to Israel. Semachtetic said, no, not for you. You bring the land of Israel. You, you create the land of Israel in your place right here. And if there was yesterday's recording to see that. So in that, the question is, how do I do it? How do I do it? Why, why, why did I pick this spot on the park bench? Because the other side is wet. I don't want to get wet. Or the, the, other, the other bench is dirty. Or that bench over there is next to a garbage can that's full. I don't like to sit next to it. Ah! You see something just jumped on me. I don't like to... <laughs> These classes are always peppered with the squirrels jumping on me or the twigs throwing themselves at me. So, exactly. Now, why did it fall on me at that moment? So, I don't like to sit next to a garbage can on the park bench, so I picked this bench. Is this Really, is that the reason? It's not the reason. The reason is because I have an advisor to do. I have a job to do on that park bench, even if I sit for five minutes, which is bringing creating from that place, in, from an unholy place to a holy place. How? You do a mitzvah, you learn Torah, say a pasuk in Torah, you think, a, you think a good thought, and it transforms the place. We are transformers. That's what we are. We are transformers. So within this, the question is, I want a step-by-step system. How do I do this process of transformation? And the question came up when the land of Israel was divided this, there was this lottery, the gyro, and it would speak. That's the question. Why does it? Why does it have to speak? And this is going to tell me everything about who I am and how I do this process. Why would I want to do this process? It's the only thing that will satisfy my soul, my neshama. And why would? Um, and am I empowered to do it? Absolutely. Machta Eretz Israel, make the land of Israel right here. This is everything that I'm being empowered from above to do. So I just want to divide it, divide it up. So the first thing is, my portion of the world is already determined. That means it's already been determined which park I will go to today and which bench I will sit on for how much time and which other bench I will then switch over to when the other people get up. That, how do I know where my portion of the land is? Go through the world on a daily basis and watch where I'm being led. And that is, it's not like my portion of the world is Brooklyn, New York. Well, then if I'm not in Brooklyn, New York, then I'm out of my portion. No, because our portion is, is a movable space. We are the Jews wandering in the desert. 
We go from place to place to place. For 42 journeys we wandered through, wandered to through when we wandered for 40 years in the desert on the way to Eretz the promised land. That's what we're doing now. We're also on our way into Eretz into the promised land, ultimately with Mashiach. So it is determined where I'm going to place my, my lawn chair because there's more shade here and there isn't shade over there, etc. So here's the question. Was this lottery, the gyro, that was, as we said, it, there were two ways to know which, if you're from any given tribe, which portion of the land of Israel was yours? So the Urim Batumim on Aranak, was it Alazarak or anything? Yes, lit up. And also they had a lottery, the gyro. Two big bowls, I guess, one with paper or parchment saying the name of the tribe, names of the tribe, and then the other one saying the portions of land. And they would both, one would be picked from each bowl. If you were from the tribe of Yusufar, they pick out another piece of paper or parchment and say, this and this portion of land. The miracle was two things. That it always corresponded to what it says. It, it said in the Urim Batumim. And the holy stones that he wore, that Aaron, that Elazar claim, I guess, that the Kain Gadol or the Kain wore on his um, chest. And this gyral, this lottery, this piece of paper spoke. And what we're debating now is the question of why it needed to speak. And so one other thing. What we're asking is the following. This gyral, this um, lottery, was it a means to an end or was it an end in itself? And that is the question we have about everything in our life. Age zero to ten, when you're a child, before you're an adolescent, those years, they're a means to an end or an end in themselves. In the olden days, in the 1920s, they were considered a means to an end. How do you know? Children were meant to be heard and not seen. You were not important creatures. You were just, be quiet, just sit on the side. When you grow up and you're the real thing, then we will listen to you. Right now, you're just a real person in training. If you're under age 10, you're a person in training. You're not a real person yet, but we don't have to listen to you because you're not a real person yet. You're being trained and uh, educated to eventually become a person. So far, you're just a non-entity. There means to an end. And everything else in life, um, I'll take, take, okay, sorry, today, you're an end in yourself. That's why the whole idea of how to treat children is completely different. You're no longer a means to an end, you're an end in yourself. So we have to be careful how we treat you. That's one example. Um, let's take a completely opposite example. Your phone. Is it a means to an end? Or is it an end in itself? According to one opinion, just a plastic metal thing that you pay a few hundred dollars for to enable you to be in contact with people. 
and and to computer functions. It's it's not a thing in itself. Maybe then there's a whole other opinion that says it's an end in itself. It has its own importance, which means well, for instance, here's a good example. If you're under 30 as opposed to over 60, if you're over 60, most probably you don't really care what your phone looks like. You certainly are not going to spend more money to have a different color phone. You won't spend an extra $100 to have a pink phone. As Maybe you will. It's true people put all these flowers and things on their phone. But at a certain age, you're not going to spend an extra $100 to have a phone that has peach and blue shades uh, on it. It's a means to an end. It works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. The important thing is the conversation. Who cares about how this silly plastic thing looks? If you're under 30, so it's a means to an end. If you're under 30, 30 years old, you might feel like, I really like, I'm very particular about how my phone looks. And if it's too fat and it's too wide and it doesn't have the right pink and peach and blue shimmer, I don't buy it. I move on to another phone or another company because I'm very particular. This is not a means to an end. This is an end in itself. My phone is my identity. It's very important how it looks. So these are two kind of funny examples of is something a means to an end or an end in itself. We have actually moved into a generation in which all the things that used to be a means to an end have become an end in themselves. In themselves. So, and that's where this sikha comes in. Sorry, so the question, this lottery, this gyro, its miracle was that it always said the same thing as the urn between. But why did it have to speak? That seems like an extra miracle, a superfluous miracle. God does not like to make superfluous miracles that are not necessary. He has his, all his reasons why he has everything exact. And so the same thing we were saying when we were traveling in the desert in those 40 years, the traveling in the desert was a preparation for the real thing. The travel was just a means to an end. We were just, we had to get there. So we got to the real thing. Enter the land of Israel, Eretz Israel. If you say the whole trip was, so what happened in the 40 years in the desert? I don't know. Who cares? We got there. We got there. I don't really care. It's over. We got there. I really, I'm not spent, I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't have time to think about it. Who cares? We're there. We're there. We got there. Who cares? You know, traveling up to the country, to the Catskills. So how was the trip? So, I don't know. Who remembers? I, I, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know. I'm here. This is the real thing. I'm here. But how was the trip? The trip, I don't know. I forget. Who I don't know. I don't care. It's over. Done. These are two different approaches. For some people, the trip is everything. And for other people, I don't know. It got me here. Here is the real thing. Not the trip. So when we were traveling in the desert, both of, both of those approaches are correct. Main thing is just get to the land of Israel already. New Yala. How long will it take? Another 38 years. Oh, I give up. Hurry up. Let's go. 
Then the other approach is every single place we stopped and everything we did throughout those 40 years on the 42 journeys in the desert, everyone is significant. And today we're doing the 42 journeys again. Although really in the Sikhs, said that we, from 1950 to 1992, we completed the 42 journeys in the desert of the nation. So we could say perhaps, perhaps, now we're doing on a sort of more personal level or a more um, inward different level. The macro 42 journeys has been done already several times. So now it's a different thing. But it parallels. It's, it, we, we, we can relate to the 42 journeys. Every place is a different place with a different opportunity and a different energy and it's all different. So that would mean that according to, this is not a means to an end, every place you stop is important. And it has the gather of Kedusha. The same thing, here's one more example. Walking to the Mizbeach to bring a carbon. How do you get here? What do you mean? You have to walk. So how was the walk? How was the walk? I don't know. I'm here. What do you want? I'm, I don't know. No, no, no. The walk is important. And even though the walking is for the purpose of um, sprinkling the blood on the Mizbeach, and in order to sprinkle it, you have to get over there. But the din is that the walking itself has the importance and the getter of the vita is that if you, that your thoughts as you're walking will make it kosher or not kosher. So, the main thing is bringing carbon. How you get there? I don't know. On the other hand, let's say it the opposite way. Every, how you get there is as important as, do, as what you're doing. This is the main crux of the Sikha. This is the main crux of this idea of make Eretzisrael here. Everything becomes crucial. When we're talking about this gyro, this lottery that divided the land, even though the gyro is a preparation to divide the land, but, and it's a command, divide the land through the gyro. It's a means to an end, but it takes on an importance of itself. More than just being a means to an end. And all, everything involved with it is crucial. Um, it's all holy things and all the details are holy. And therefore, when we're talking, anything that's holy has to be complete. Anything that's holy has to be complete. That's the crux of how you make Eretz Yisrael here. Anything that's holy has to be complete means when we're fulfilling this command, divide the land, I'll keep gyro through the gyro, the gyro itself will have to testify. The gyro itself will testify which portion of land is yours. That shows that the gyro itself, which does have its own importance, has the ability to divide the land. Okay. 
let's stop for a second and comment on today's life. So what we're saying is, you know, in the 1920s, children were meant to be seen and not heard. You didn't have an importance in yourself. You were somebody's kid. You're supposed to be quiet. You made them look good in the world you did, or bad in the world, you know. Are you making, you know, are people very impressed by you? Oh, oh wow, you have such a quiet... <laughs> When I went to the, what was it, the, the, the I forget, the Chinese doctor said, oh, very nice children, so quiet. Yeah, because in China, if a kid is quiet, that means they're good kids, you know, right? <laughs> Many years ago. So this idea, if somebody's means to an end, we don't have it anymore. Right? Right? All lives matter. Everything that nobody is secondary. That's what we've been having the marches on the streets about. Nobody is secondary. Nobody else is somebody's slave. Nobody is a second class citizen. Everybody is a first class citizen. You are an entity in yourself. You're not, oh, I'm the, I'm the person who works for Merrill Lynch. No, 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 no. Is that, that's your own, your whole identity? You're a simple worker for Merrill Lynch? Yeah. No, 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 no. You also have a whole identity of your own. You're not just a cog in the wheel of this company. You have an, an and you being a cog in the wheel gives you a chashivas and importance in yourself, partly because of that. That's the famous story of the bucker in, in Kamchet Minin, 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago. He really never learned much. He was the guy who was always setting up the chairs and setting up the fabrinians and and doing all the stuff, you know, the Heberman. He really he wasn't a learner, but he was always involved doing stuff, you know, putting out the tablecloths, getting the food ready for the food, all that stuff for the fabrinians. But he, uh, at some point, he was actually asked to leave yeshiva because I guess he really was supposed to be learning and he did not at all. So he was very upset. And somebody saw him in the train station next to Lubavitch in Rudnia waiting to go home. And he was upset. Maybe he was crying. Somebody got off the train there and saw him and said, whatever his name was, Yanko. Yanko, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I was supposed to go home from Yeshiva. So why are you crying? It's not like you're going to miss all the learning. You never learn. So why are you upset? So he said, because I'm like the piece of dust in the soup. When there's a big pot of soup and a piece of dust falls in the soup, the piece of dust becomes part of the soup. And so the dust becomes, it, gets, it takes on the import, importance of the soup. When you isolate that piece of dust, you pick it out of the soup, it's simply a piece of dust. So I was a piece of dust in the yeshiva. I wasn't really doing anything. I was hanging out, sitting on the tablecloth. But I wasn't learning. But I was part of the big soup. But now that I'm being sent home and I'm being isolated, I'm back to being a piece of dust. So that's where we're up to in life. That idea of I, I'm important in myself. These and these kinds of lives matter. All lives matter. 
lives matter. I want to cite colors, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Every these and these kinds of lives matter. There's no second class and first class anymore. That's what the people on the street are saying. So how though that's what the Sikh is saying. The gyro, which is just pieces of paper that you pick out of this bowl to say which portion of land is yours, it is important. It needs to stand fully in its own power and be complete. Because it is dividing up the land. You know, so hi, what what are you? I'm a piece of paper. I'm a piece of parchment. Oh, boy, you're not really very important. All right, I'm going to go on and talk to somebody else. No, no, no. You don't know what kind of a piece of parchment I I am. All right, what? 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 I have to move on. I want to... I have more important people to talk to than you. You're just a plain piece of paper. You know, you don't understand what kind of a piece of paper I am. The land of Israel becomes divided through me. Unless it's a plain piece of paper. Oh, okay. All right, let's talk. So in a way today, that's, that's everybody's identity. The land of Israel becomes divided through me. What is this all about? So we live in a time now when um, all lives matter. Everything is a means to an end, and everything is an end in itself. But it used to be more that the focus was on it's a means to an end. There are only several main things, and certain there are only certain people that are the important people, and everybody else has to serve them. And the others are a means to an end. Um, but they also have some importance in the, their own lives. Now it's switched from front burner to back burner. Everybody in every detail becomes a an end in itself. And at the same time, they're also there to serve something. So we are all here to serve Hashem. That means we're not that important. It's Hashem who's important. On the other hand, Hashem says, I know, but I'm not so important. You're important. So they're both true, only the reality of it is important in itself, as a thing in itself, has moved to the front burner. So that becomes the way to do my service, to explore and to live, make the land of Israel here, Machla Israel. Everything takes on an importance in itself. Every moment, every second, every place. Every place becomes Eretz Yisrael. Now, I was, we were, we turned off on exit 33, so what, you know, we wanted to just stop for a second and, and eat a sandwich, sit, you know, we didn't want to be eating a sandwich while we were driving. So we turned off the exit and we just, there was a little park bench, we stayed there, big deal, who, no, it's not a big deal. And there, I'm not going to go into the stories, but there are whole stories about, you know, people who, who turned off on the wrong exit, there were these two Buffalo months in California and they were asked to visit a Mr. Schwartz or something and they said, look, We'll try, but we only have one day. We rented the car for one day, and they turned off on the wrong exit. And it was, let's say, exit 43. And they said, oh, no, took the wrong exit. And then they realized, wait, didn't they say Mr. Schwartz is exit 43? So they said, okay, let's go already. And they went to his house, and essentially his whole life was changed as a result of this. I'm not going to spend time on the details of it. 
So there is nothing. So ah, okay, what exit did you turn? Did, did you? Why did you? Why did you get here so late? We turned off on the wrong exit. We had to get back on the highway. It used to be we didn't care which exit it was. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference? The point is you're here, you're here. And the point is, okay, so it took you an extra 10 minutes. I don't really need to know which exit you made the mistake on. That was then. Now we do. Now, in a way, we understand that I turned off on exit 43. It was supposed to be 40, 44 because I had something to accomplish there. Even if I drove right through, just kept on driving and went around and around and around and got back on the highway, there was a reason why I had to be there. I know, when was it? Last year? Two years ago? I ended up in the Indian Reservation outside of Syracuse, New York. I took the wrong turn. And I could have... I had a couple of hours to, to wait. I could have spent those couple of hours at Thousand Islands, which was stunning. Instead, I'm driving through this Indian reservation, which was, uh, you know, not highly inspiring. Why? I don't know. But it wasn't for no reason. So here, I'm just going to explain this before we sum it all up. Why, again, why did this gyral have to speak? Why does every detail today, why is every detail important? And the answer is, in a nutshell, but we'll see it opened up, we actually make the land of Israel right here by stepping fully into every single moment, being fully wherever we are at any given moment. Where is the best place to be in the whole world? where you are right now. Yeah, but there are better places. Ah, isn't it? It's amazing. You know what? It's ah, amazing to be in, uh, I don't know, Alaska. Ah, pristine, open, stunning, incredible. Got to get to Alaska. Good. But So the best place in the world is Alaska, right? No. No. Then where's the best place in the world? Well, wherever I happen to be, Right now, at the corner of Crown and Brooklyn, you know, on Crown between Brooklyn and New York, uh, that that's the best place to be in the world, back porch or front porch. Well, it depends if, if I'm on the front porch, that's the best place in the world. If I'm on the back porch, that's the best place in the world. What, the whole world is that revolves around me? Well, in a sense, my transforming my portion of the unholiness to holiness depends on being fully invested where I am at that moment. That's, that's the method. That's the abundance. Because the pain is, it goes like this. Conquering, dividing, and settling the land. What does that mean? It means when you go to, to Eretz Canaan, the land of seven nations, which was not a moral place. It was a fairly depraved, very depraved place. It was not a holy place. They didn't claim to be holy. That was not their hallmark. Oh, we are holy people. Their hallmark was other stuff. We are mighty. We are ferocious. We this, we that. They weren't trying to be holy. So we go to this land of the seven nations, 
And it's called Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan. And we transform it into Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Kaidish. That was what we were mandated by Tyre to do, by Hashem, by God to do. That means we make it into a Yiddish Ahelika land, land, a land in which the felt Begoli openly its connection to Yiddishkeit, to Hashem, to Godliness, to Kedusha, to Halakite. How do we do it? We use this land to fulfill, we, in this place, we do mitzvahs that apply that in that place, um, and we build the base of Migdash, where, that Hashem says, And that is the whole purpose of creation. Conquering the physical land, the physical world. Be fruitful and multiply and fill up the world and conquer it. Conquer the physical world. For what? For God, for Hashem, for holiness. And make it into a place. Hashem wants real estate. How much? All of it. All of what? The whole world. He wants you to buy up all the real estate in the entire world for him. How do you do that? You go to any given square piece of square foot that you're standing on at any given moment and make it into a holy, do holy things and transform it to a place of holiness. And in order to do that completely, it has to permeate all the details. The one who's doing the conquering and the one who's being conquered. The place, so if I'm standing in aisle four of Walmart right now, that's the conquered place. I'm conquering that aisle. And I'm the conqueror. We're used to conqueror meaning something aggressive and awful. doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't have to mean that at all. We should, let's say, don't call it conqueror, illuminator. I'm illuminating aisle four of Walmart. With uh, the sewing materials on the shelf. So, but the conquering, the illumination has to be both in the one who does it and the place that gets it, has it done. If there's a part of this land, so let's say we're conquering the land of Israel, Eretz Israel. If there's a part of the land that has not yet been conquered, one part remains unconquered, then the whole thing is not done fully. So, I decide, you know, they're they're doing um, they're they're actually they have a new policy. You can buy a Walmart and and they're they're uh, franchising them. Okay, so I decide to buy the Walmart in Long Island, right? They sell it to me for only fifty dollars. I buy the Walmart in Long Island. The only problem is they actually sold aisle four to someone else. I, I have aisle one, two, three, five, six. I have, mo- I have all the aisles of Walmart, but aisle four, they sold to somebody else. I'm going to have legal problems to the sky because I don't fully own it. So every time I try to make decisions, I say, you know, we're going to be open 24-7. Mr. Aisle four says, nope. No, 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 no. No, I don't want to be open. So, and he's going to complain. Because all the aisles are open 24-7. He closes down his aisle. It's a whole thing. He says that people try to jump over the barricade to get into aisle four. It's a whole thing. I do not own all of that Walmart fully. 
but he owns part of it. I need to own the whole thing. Otherwise, my control over it will be sabotaged all the time. It will be one huge mess. This is the issue of Hey Tavis. That with 770, with the ownership of 770. There was one part that was not fully owned. And it created very, very great complications. And that's much of what Hey Tavis was all about. That's for another time. So, so we're talking about Walmart. So, the Pashtas, Kapashtas. What is the problem? Or I, I, I buy, um, I'm going to buy up uh, Latuk, Quebec, right? I'm going to buy up the town of, I've never, we, my brother and I used to tell jokes about Latuk. If we had nebby looking boots or something that we were forced to wear, yeah. Who wears these boots? Then the people in Latuk, Quebec, there, they wear these kind of boots. We, you know, that was our joke. Latuk, and Latuk, Quebec, they wear these kind of boots. So I'm going to buy Latuk, Quebec. I'm going to buy it. The problem is that um, somebody owns one street of Latuk, Quebec. So I own all of Latuk, Quebec, except for this one street. There's a danger that the people in that place who are, who are not under, they're not under my legal jurisdiction. They're going to turn over everything in all of my government decisions about how things go, how much tax to pay, whether to fix the water main, whether to fix the sewers and all of that. The people on that block that are not under my government are going to be a balagan. Or in the case of Eretz if not every part of Eretz is owned by us, then what happens is there is a danger from the because of the parts that are not owned, not fully conquered. And not only that, the one who conquered, the one who owns, when you have conquered it fully, in a way that it's obvious that you've completely taken over that place. And when you put yourself fully into the conquering with all your kaifas, let's say you're conquering your part of the world. I'm driving on the highway, and my job is to transform this whole highway into a place of holiness. Except for exit 43, right? So when you're, when, when you feel that this is my job, wherever I go, I'm here to make it into a holy place. When you put yourself into it fully, and conquering this place for God, for Hashem, in all the details of my messiahs, that the whole pa'ula of the person in this world, how do I do it? How do I do anything? I think, I speak, I do. That's how I do anything. I think, I speak, I do. And if I conquer the land and my part of the world without all of, all of I, it's called three levushans. How I think, how I speak, how I do things. If I don't engage all three, if I only, I just do, right? I, I do what I have, um, uh, I don't, I, I haven't, I haven't used the thought process, you know, to conquer the land. I have no plan involved. I'm just living randomly. I have no plan. The thought part 
isn't involved. Or the hayraz of the what I was told by those in charge, um, I'm not I'm not involving the speech or um, or any of those things. I'm missing in the completion of conquering conquering the whole thing. So that means that when I am here in the world to conquer the world for holiness, I need to I need to include all three expressions. How I think, how I speak, how I do. And sorry, to sum up, and the same thing with conquering the world in a vital roughness to make the place into a divita signing. The full comp- how do you know you've conquered the world? When it takes through all of the details of this place that you've conquered. That in every single detail, it's clear that this belongs to God. Your job is to go everywhere and every place that you've been to and touched and affected has to end up feeling it becomes palpable. This place belongs to God. Every detail. And the one who lives in that place there in God himself, in all the details, the thought, speech, and action, everything becomes fully, fully entrenched. Um, so, all your crisis, all your revolution, essentially what we're saying is, what we want to do is, we are here in this world to include everything about our lives to one single purpose. So, here's the point to sum it all up. We live in a time now of Vasa Aristotle. We live in a time in which every detail becomes important. There are no first-class and second-class citizens. There are no, there's no first-class and second-class anything. Every, everything is a means to an end and nothing is a means to an end. Anything that wants to jump out of its status of being a means to an end, my car is, what, what's my car? It gets me places. It's not important. On the one hand, it's not important. It's, the important thing is getting to the place. On the other hand, it develops its own importance. And it needs to be taken care of in its own way. It has importance in itself. So we want to see that everything in life went from being, you know, hidden inside the woodwork, kind of. Everything is just to serve something else in life. And everything has now, is now coming out of the woodwork. And every little piece of, no, you know what, I don't mean custom people. Your car became important and you're this and you're that. Everything that was a means to an end has now emerged as having an importance in itself which explains to us about this piece of paper, this gyro, this lottery that was used to divide up the land of Israel, the original template. That lottery, why did the piece of paper speak? And the reason it spoke is because today the Avaita is be fully invested in whatever you do, in all things, which means Whatever you're doing, be there fully. And we're going to see in tomorrow's lecture. Whatever you're doing, be fully invested in it. Don't, don't be somewhere else at the same time. Be fully invested in that present moment. Which means, fully invested means 
what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you're doing. Let it all sync up. Let it all line up. Let it put all of those three, three things together. Not it's good enough if I just think and I say, but I don't really do. Not it's good enough if I do, but I don't really have to have my thoughts in, in, in order. All three things give it completion. Today we step into moments in which my job is to make sure that there's completion. So that means this gyro that divided up the land and told me I belong here at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. I know what I'm, 8.30 p.m. on a Tuesday, I know where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. That one's easy for me, right? I know exactly where I belong, 8.30 every Tuesday night. Doing what and, and where will I stand could be different places. I have to be synced up with my thoughts my speech, and my action, and fully invest myself in that moment. That's the moment of Geula. And I can create Geula in the entire world from inside of that moment. So that explains why that piece of paper that said, this is where you belong. If you're from this tribe, you belong here. In our case, it means at any given second, at 11.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, this is where you belong. And this is what you belong doing. And it's, again, I wish it were so clear and we would be told, but we're given enough free choice that it's not clear. It's pretty hazy and we spend a lot of time wondering. But when, it, when we're there, we know that's where I belong. The lottery that seems random, that told us where we belong, it's anything but random. It's simply of a higher order, of higher than nature. It's needed to speak physically, because it needed to be a complete. It's demanding that you do an avaita that's complete, completely synced up. So the means to the end that tells you where you belong at every moment, doing a complete avaita, that also has to be complete in thought, speech, and deed. So the piece of paper created, told you what to do. And it also had a, an intention. That's the thought. And that's the deed. Where's the speech? So the piece of paper of the gyro of the lottery needed to speak to add that third piece. And that was the completion. And that is where we're up to today. Every, every present moment, moment has the potential, potential to be complete, whole. And we do it by staking up our thoughts, speech, and deeds. And from, as we said, just to end off, from inside that present moment, every single moment, a new present moment, a new different circumstances, we can create Geula and personal Geula and global Geula for the whole world in a most powerful way just from being inside of that moment. So may we find ourselves in that full Geula from inside that precious moment, that godly holy moment, in Eretz Yisrael, and may we actually end up in Eretz Yisrael, in, in truth, literal Eretz Yisrael, in the base of Midrash, Gugula, Midrash,